Our gospel lesson for the 18th Sunday after Pentecost comes from Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 32. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing all these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? They argued with one another. If we say from heaven, then he will say to us, well, what and why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we're afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, then neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What then do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. People of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. I have two teenagers, and they're late teens, which means they're both already driving which means I had to teach them how to drive. How many parents out there have had this joyful experience? Only like three? How did everybody else learn how to drive? Okay, well, driving is important, and it's, it, I was going to use the word fun. I don't know if that's really the right word or not, but it's, it's interesting from the perspective of, of, of sitting in the passenger seat and watching as they very timidly start and, and begin to learn and gain a little bit more experience and a little bit more uh, knowledge and, and just they feel confident in what they're doing. And now my son's almost 20. He's been driving for a while. I usually trust him to drive okay. My daughter, she's 17, and she's doing pretty good as well. Uh, but, um, but one of the things that she's still kind of learning to gain that confidence is driving on the freeway. You know, now... In the rural upper Midwest, there's a lot of communities out there that don't really need to think that much about the freeway because there's not one close. But here in Underwood, we've got one right here, don't we? One of the most important parts of driving on the freeway is actually getting onto the freeway, right? Right? Now, here at Underwood, it's usually not too hard. I mean, we have traffic that comes by, but if you're paying attention, usually you can just kind of merge right on in there. You enter on, fine, you get in there with no problems, and away you go. But down in the metro, it can be a little trickier, right? It can be a little strange to, to merge on because the traffic is heavier. And sometimes you get people who are nice and they let you in. And sometimes people are not nice and you just got to carpe diem. You got to seize the moment and just get in there, right? Yeah, I remember those days. Merging is something that's interesting. And I'm thinking more about merging even than I am driving on the, on the freeway. But the idea of merging is important for us drivers, right? When you're either, you have two different roads that are coming together, or maybe you have multiple lanes and they're coming down to one. And now, logic tells us 
be nice, right? Let people in when you need to. You know, share the road. It's important that we all do that. But how many of us get a little petty about that every once in a while? Rob, I like your honesty. That hand went up real quick. I'll own it. I do the same thing. And there's one place in particular where I get really petty about this. It's up in Okaboji. There is a specific place on the north end of Okaboji where inevitably in the summertime, especially on the weekends, definitely on Friday afternoons, we're merging. There's a spot where it's going from, from, from two lanes going the same direction down to one, and it's marked very heavily in advance, merge to the left. You've got to get to the left. And if you've ever been up there, and if you know the spot that I'm talking about, you know all the people that know, they're in that left-hand lane, and it stretches back. And then you get the, 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 the non-locals, those people visiting, those people who think they own the road, and they go flying up that right-hand lane, and they get right up to where you got to merge, and no one lets them in, me included. I was just up there a month ago. It was Labor Day weekend, so, you know, it was the last hurrah. And I witnessed it, and I'm like, do not let them in there. Don't let them merge. They're doing it wrong. That was a really long way to go to that moment right there. They're doing it wrong. Now, how about we actually talk about Jesus, shall we? Where we find ourselves in our gospel lesson today. It's during Holy Week and where we're at. So, you know, we're not at Holy Week right now, so maybe this is a little bit strange to think about, but that's the setting. This is somewhere between the triumphal entry of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, which we celebrate on Palm Sunday, and his eventual betrayal and arrest that happens late Thursday night into Friday. So we're in that mode. Now, during this roughly three or four or five day period, Jesus is kind of in and out of the city, and he's, he's still up to a lot. And there's a lot that's going on that is causing kind of an uproar. And this is not new with Jesus. This type of thing happens all the time. He's constantly attracting crowds and making a big to-do about things. And sometimes people really love what he's up to, and some people really don't like what he's up to. And that's been continuing through this period. Now, it starts with that triumphal entry. He's coming into the city, and the people are lining the roads, and they're making this big, all these hallelujahs, and they're, they're creating a big stir, a big uproar. And some of the, the religious leaders, they're like, we don't, we don't really like this. We don't know what's going on. And then he's attracting crowds, and he's teaching in the temple, and he's, he's healing people during this whole time. And then he does this thing that we know, but maybe you've heard this before, the event known as the cleansing of the temple, where he walks in and he sees a bunch of people taking advantage of one another, and he gets really mad, and he starts throwing tables around, and he, starts, he gets a whip, and he starts cracking the whip, and he's driving people out, and they're like, why are you doing this? Jesus is getting a little snarky. There's one moment that I love and it's, I think Jesus gets a little petty. He's hungry, and he goes up to a fig tree because he wants to eat a fig, and there's no figs, and he curses the tree, and the tree dies. <laughs> I can only imagine standing there like, dude, really? But so Jesus is doing all of this stuff, and some people are like, that's really cool, and some people are like, what's going on? And that's where we pick up today. He's in the temple, and the religious leaders, we hear it's the, the chief priests and the, and the scribes or the elders of the people, sometimes it's kind of worded a little different. They come up, and they start asking about authority. Like, basically, what gives you the right to do this? And Jesus, being Jesus, doesn't answer their question. He throws a question back at them. And he says, think about it this way. The baptism of John, you guys didn't really like that either. Was that from God, or is that of human origin? And they're like, huh. 
This is a quandary. What do we think? How do we answer this question? If we say it's from God, he's going to get after us for not believing it. But if we say it's of human origin, the people that love John are going to really have a problem with it and we're going to look really bad. What do we do? We don't know. I don't know why I'm talking into the mic like that. That was a little weird. <laughs> so look, we don't know. He's like, okay, I'm not going to answer you then. And I imagine he laughs. Kind of funny. But Jesus talks about John. And I think this is interesting that he references John and John's ministry. Because John, if you know, is the forerunner of Jesus. He was around at the beginning, and he was preparing the way for the Messiah. And his message, which I think is important, is repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's the message that John the Baptist has. He's calling people to repent and turn back to God. And we hear that many people believed him. Jesus references it. He talks about the tax collectors and the prostitutes who would be considered to be sinful people. These sinful people who you think are doing it wrong, they listened to John. They repented. They believed what he had to say. Now, Jesus takes up that same message. The first thing that Jesus says publicly in his ministry is repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom is here. He wants us to know that. He wants us to realize that. And what he's talking about today, when he gets criticized for you're doing it wrong, you're merging in incorrectly, you're not doing it right, he challenges that. Because it's not about what we do or what we say or what we think that earns us salvation and brings us into the kingdom of heaven, whatever that might mean. It's not about that. It's about believing that we need salvation from our own brokenness. That's the message that he has proclaimed over and over and over. We all know that we are not perfect people and that we will never earn our way into God's favor. We're just not going to do it. And when we think, when we get stuck in that idea that I'm doing it right and it's my way and everybody else is wrong, guess what? We have messed up. I believe that is the message that Jesus is telling us over and over and over again. Now, is this to say that, that following the rules is a bad thing? Of course not. But we're never going to earn salvation by that way because none of us pull it off perfectly. This is the whole idea of the Ten Commandments and following the rules and the law. None of us ever manage to do it, and we need Jesus to bring us into the kingdom. Now, the important part that we take away from this that I think is, re- is important for all of us to remember is this idea of entering into the kingdom. The, the, Jesus says the, the tax collectors and the prostitutes have entered into the kingdom of God ahead of you. A lot of times we hear that, and I think maybe we think, oh, well, that means heaven. That's my eternal get-out-of-jail-free card. I don't think so. I think it's about living into the freedom and the hope and the realization that we don't have to earn it now, right now, because the salvation that is given to us through Jesus Christ is already completed for every single one of us. And when we realize that, when we recognize that, and we cling to that hope, guess what? That's being in the kingdom. We live our lives right here, right now, in a way that reflects that. But sometimes people will agree with that, and sometimes they won't. I'm going to go back to merging for just a moment now, because by golly, I'm in the left lane, and I'm doing it right. But every single report that I see says, no, stay in the two lanes until you get to the end and then do the whole zipper merge thing. So me doing it right is apparently doing it wrong. I don't know. Everybody else is there with me too. Thanks be to God that merging and doing it right is not what we have to do. 
Salvation is given to us through the free gift of Jesus Christ. And that's the hope of the gospel that Jesus proclaimed. That's the hope of the gospel that John proclaimed. And that's the hope of the gospel that we too are called to proclaim. So share the road, I guess. Amen.